official Leeds United podcast with me, Emma Jones, Matt Lewis and Patrick Bamford's back. Thanks for joining us, hey. lads. Um, before we crack on, has anyone seen Bex or heard from him? No, where, where is he? I've heard a sorry excuse. That's all I've heard. What's the excuse he's given for not being with us this week, Pat? That he is on his way to London today to cover the game tonight, which is fair enough. But he says he's totally underestimated travel time, which is why he can't appear on the pod. So <laughs> apparently he's never travelled from where he lives to London yeah. before. <laughs> or, or he's never had to drive himself before. That's yeah. the yes. difference. Yes, he's used to having a driver, isn't he? Well, we'll forgive him just this once. Um, it's nice to have you both join us. And Matt, you've brought a special guest along with you. I have. Look at that. It's only the best Brazilian of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I've always loved Ronaldinho. I got- great <laughs> <laughs> I've got, for those who can't see which is all the years, I suspect. Um, it's a life-size um, cut out of Rafinha behind me. But I feel like we need um, to understand where this came from. Right. Um, well, I <laughs> I was at the, um, what was it? The Premier League Mornings um, Fan Fest in Los Angeles over the weekend. Um, on behalf of Leeds United, I was out there um, <gasps> doing a little bit for NBC. So got to watch the was game Was it amazing? There. Tell us what you did. Yeah, it was wicked. So, I mean, it was, it starts at the crack of dawn, really. Well, even before then, because the first game's on at like, I mean, I think Chelsea game was on at like 4.30 in the morning. So you have to get there, um, you know, relatively early. Leeds didn't kick off till seven, so I wasn't too bad. Um, but I just I just got up, came down, sat in the green room. Alan Shearer was there, which is pretty cool. Did you have a chat with him? What's he doing over there? Well, he flew out. He, same, same thing. Premier League oh. flew him out for, for it. And um, I was chatting to him about like the you know, Newcastle takeover. And I told him when I was growing up, I, everyone's going to hate this. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I told him when I was growing up, so you're one of my favourite strikers. like. And um, and he goes, yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate that. Because I was, I was really gutted when Leeds went down. They cost me four goals a season. <laughs> even now, even now, still giving a stick. Like, been retired bloody 15 years whatever still giving us grief <laughs> couldn't believe it uh so i so i broke his fibula and then um and then we, <laughs> and then we carried on uh, but no it's a good day i went on nbc chat about leeds and then um every team had one of these one of these cutouts and um and i managed to um i said can i please please can i take raf home with me and they said yeah and how did you get raf on the plane with you i was lucky to get him at all to be honest with you because um he was on, on day one he was the only one that got nicked leeds fans took him <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were chanting, um, Rafinha, you're coming with us um, the whole way. But they managed to get him back. And then he was the only one who had to have security on him for the weekend. Was Raph. Um, <laughs> Hang on, did was... they have a life-size Patrick Bamford there? No, every team had one player, you know, the, the oh, best player okay. on the team. So uh, we got... Understandable, yeah. We got Raph. So, um, yeah, I, I got to keep him and I had to wrap him in bubble wrap. And I took him to the airport under my arm. Um, and I asked the, the desk if I could if I could check him. She said, "You're gonna have to go down to security and ask them." So I had to go to security, and they were asking. So everyone's just asking me what the hell it is. I had no idea what it was, and um, I trying to trying trying to explain to like customs and, and security in America about a Leeds United football player is yeah. hard work. But eventually, they appreciated my passion, and they said they would take care of him. And he's come here in one piece, so he's going to go in the Bielsa suite at the pub. Yes, it's a good job uh, they don't have Ryanair over in America, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know, like, actually, where did he sit on the plane? Because for people that can't hear uh, see this, it's massive. So, like, where yeah. did he? Where did you physically put him? It's right awkward as well because he's like, he's got like you know his, his legs and he's he's stood on a football, so he doesn't stand up properly. He has to be attached <laughs> to something. 
Um, so yeah, I guess they just, they stuck him in the hold. They stuck him down with all the luggage, but he made it. And so when he come back out and they put him on the conveyor belt and he's going around conveyor belt in the airport when I'm waiting for him, it's pretty funny. Well, it's lovely to have you join us, Raf. Thank you. You're a bit quiet. He's happy though, isn't he? He is. He's very happy, isn't he, at your gaff? Um, Now, before we crack on, I just want to let you all know that we are recording this on Tuesday ahead of the cup game against Arsenal. So that's why we're not referencing it. Uh, Before we do crack on talking about the weekend's game, Pat, did you find out who's got the strongest punch in the squad? (laughs) Do you know what? To my disappointment, (laughs) I messaged the physio, Will, this morning and I said, can you please give me an honest answer about... (laughs) Who had the hardest punch? <laughs> give us the top. Give me the top three. Could he not tell you? Was it like doctor-patient confidentiality? Yeah. Is that allowed to say? First of all, he said, "Why do you want this?" I said, "Right, well, it's going on the podcast. It's supposed to be like they want to know." He was like, "Okay, fair." And then he didn't reply. Then about an hour later, he said, "What time do you want this by?" And I said, "Well, the podcast is at two o'clock, so ideally before half past one." And um, at one twenty-nine, he sent a voice note, and it was basically him taking the piss, saying. Adam Forshaw, Luke Ayling, who've barely been on the pads. And I was like, are you going to tell the truth now and give me an honest voice note? And uh, long and short of it is, no, it's gone down in my estimations. So even though he's told you Luke Ayling and, and, and Adam Forshaw, you're saying that's, that's a joke, that's yeah. a laugh. No, it's a, no, he's actually taking, he must be taking the piss, which I feel a bit sorry for them too, because yeah. their punches aren't that bad. Line. Absolutely thrown him under the bus there, Pat. He's um, gone down in my estimations, that's for sure. And wow. I've got a few things that will um, be getting brought up in the physio room. <laughs> Bring them up here. Yeah, like we started a war. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I have to take him face to face with him first and then <laughs> oh I'll, God, get him in that, I'll get him in that punching right. suit okay. and say, right. you're going to give me this voice note next week properly, aren't you? <laughs> give him a bit. Well, we could also do with getting you back on the pitch. It'll upset him too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, right, we are going to talk about the game shortly, but first off, you all seem to have enjoyed uh, Eric Backer's interview last week. It was great to chat to him. Andy O'Neill has now laid down the gauntlets to track down another former midfielder. He says, I challenge you to land the white whale, one David Batty for the pod. Lads, Matt, I know you're part of a few WhatsApp groups. Any ins, boys? Oh, the rarely, the rarely spotted Batty. I don't know if I've, uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a WhatsApp group with him in it, honestly. I, I, I don't know if that's even possible. Pat? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you know what? We'll throw it back to you, the listener. If you have got any ins with David Batty, let us know using the hashtag LUFC pods. And um, we also had a really moving message as well this week from Tom Greed, who tweeted us to say, Hey, up pod team, I thought he'd gain touch as a very important anniversary approaches for my wife and I, and our firstborn son turns one tomorrow. I will never forget the exciting but extremely difficult days we spent at the LGI as my wife went through a long and incredibly challenging labour eventually leading to an emergency C-section and the safe delivery of our little boy. Now, it also coincided with Leeds playing away at Aston Villa, and my wife allowed me to check the score from time to time. So it didn't escape my attention that our very own Lord Bamford scored his first Premier League hat-trick that night as he tore Villa to shreds in their own backyard and made himself a lifetime hero for Leeds fans in the process. It was clear to me that this was a great sign for the future, and I knew straight away what we had to do. I spoke to my wife about it. She's Dutch and grew up supporting Ajax, but I'm working on it. So we named our boy after one of my all-time favourite sporting heroes. We called him Benjamin after Ben Stokes. Oh, I really thought it was going to... <laughs> I was going to say, 
Go on, lad. <laughs> Great decision. It's called Benjamin. <laughs> Is his middle name Patrick? Let us know. Please <laughs> get, get in touch sure. and let us know, because uh, Tom, because I think Patrick really wants that to be his middle name. If it's not, can you pretend? Have you added a bit onto his message there, or is that actually his message? No, 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 that is literally what he put. <laughs> and, then, and then he put, jokes aside, thanks for all of your work on the pod. It's great to have the insights of Bex and Lord B, as well as sharing in the pain and joy of being a lead supporter with Emma and Matt. P.S. I'm a pro violinist, and if Pat ever wants a lesson, please look me up. Those days are gone. <laughs> I mean, I think you would if he'd have named his kid Patrick, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, not interested now. Yeah, yeah, them days are gone. I don't pick up the fiddle too much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. No, I haven't picked it up in a good few years, I'm going to be honest. It's been a while. If you ever fancy doing it again, then Tom's there to help you. Okay? Congratulations as well. Yes, congratulations, yeah. as we said, absolutely. Yeah, right. happy first birthday to Benjamin. Hope you had a lovely, lovely day. Um, right then, boys, let's get down to business. Let's talk about the Wolves game. Pretty dramatic, that, wasn't it? It was very pleasant. I... Um, yeah, I thought we controlled the game, didn't we? Which was nice after after you know the week before. It was a completely different performance from that, which is what I think we all expected. But you know, really, we, is what we wanted. Um, but what a way to to nick a point! I mean, should should have won it, shouldn't we? Let's be honest. What do you think, Pat? For me, watching on, it's one of them games where I'm frustrated, thinking, oh, "I wish I was playing in this." Right. But um, I did feel like it was kind of chalk and cheese from the week before, and I've got to say. I felt like watching it, I felt Rodrigo was brilliant, which was nice to see. Um, yeah. I felt like he kind of showed what he can do, which was important. And looking at it from the selfish side of me, I'm buzzing if he's playing like that and he's behind me, then right. yeah, I'm, that's brilliant because he, he was good. And I feel like he kind of helped turn a toss up between him and the fans in the last half an hour, helped change that game. It was incredible, the noise coming from the stands. All of a sudden, as soon as the flag started going, I think that just kicked it off and it just went, it was so loud then and I knew that we were going to at least get a point. And then Joffy, like, I, was, yeah. I think I mentioned him on the pod a while ago saying he was like a little Wayne Rooney. Yeah. And he's he is good, like, he's very good and he showed there like what he can do. So, Am I right in thinking he's like 19, isn't he? Yeah, 19 and it, like he's built like a kind of 26 year old. Right. But then like, obviously look at him in the face. He's got a little baby yeah. face, but he's going to be good. And he's, he's so unassuming as well. The only thing I did text him after and said, well, like obviously saying, well done, really well done. And I said, you should have bloody scored two though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what, like just having that, you know, the, the complete no fear to just, is a game where we're losing and the crowd are, are up and they, they want something and Wacko's going crazy. And, to just have that composure to just skip around defenders and, and get into the danger areas was absolutely class. I think that that sometimes happens though. When you put a um, young player in, you can either go one or two ways, can't it? They either go into their shell right, and they're scared to do what they do or they just go in and then they're like... They're not worried about the outside pressure. They haven't experienced anything yeah, like it. Yeah, fearlessness. He, ju- he did look completely fearless, didn't he? Yeah, and I thought Cree did well as well, Somerville. Which would every time he's come on after like the few days after the game, we've been saying, do what you do in training, like get at your players, dribble at them. It doesn't matter if you lose the ball. And you saw him right. doing it a bit more, which was nice to see. So I think he was getting confidence from it as well. So Well, that's really useful because you can see like how terrified defenders are of of Raf. Hmm. So when you've got like someone like Joffy and now what you say Somerville, like having that no fear to just yeah, run at players. Get them so they don't have a clue what you're gonna do next. That's really like hopeful for 
for a bench. And Pat, it's exciting. Obviously, the fans, loads of fans, you saw tweets all over social media talking about Gellhart, but and, and it's exciting for the fans. But what is it like for you as a team when you see a young player playing like that? It must be such a good feeling. Even more so at Leeds now with the way we train and ever since we've been working under Marcelo. There's youngsters, 16-year-olds maybe, there maybe have even been 15-year-olds who've trained with us throughout the years. So there's always like a variety of youngsters coming in and out of training, dipping in and out when we need them. So you do get to have a good look at them and you can tell straight away the ones that are kind of going to be accepted by the group quickly and that have got a bit and that kind of fit in. And Joffy was one of them. And it just everyone's buzzing for him. I mean, especially not only the fact that he's like rescued a point for us, but the fact that they have to do so much like hard work behind the scenes, the under 23s, because sometimes maybe their training session or whatever they had plans interrupted because they come and kind of supplement the first team. So I think us as players understand that and obviously really happy when they get involved and even better when they do stuff like that. I want to ask you about the penalty. Um, you know, good, good penalty, wonder um, immense pressure. Obviously, you saw what it meant to Rodrigo. Yeah. Um, that we're still trying to find the corner flag, I think. Um, but um, when you're in the stands and you know, like, we've obviously deserved to win that game and this is last chance saloon now, we've got this penalty. Like, how nervy are you? Are you thinking you'd want to be taking it? Are you thinking, God, I just hope he scores? Are you thinking, yeah, he's got this, no problem? Like, what, what's going through your head when you're watching Rod stick that penalty specifically? To be honest, I thought that we'd score. Like, he, I, I never really doubted that he would miss. Um, for that would be the kind of penalty I'd enjoy taking. I feel like really, it's, yeah, it's one of them where you can't. You're a hero, really. You saved the day. Um, but also, if I was in Joffy's shoes, I'd have been dying to take it. Right. So if I was Joffy, I know young lad and stuff. But I'd have been asking. I'd have been trying to take it myself. So, do you think he did? Do you think he did ask? No, he didn't. He didn't. He, no, he, um, didn't. he was happy, like letting. I think that was part of the young side of him, just like being like, "I'm not not got a chance here of taking it. I'll let right. him do it." You've got to have nerves of steel, though. Really, I know you say you would have liked to have taken it, Patrick, but you've got to have nerves of steel when you think about what's riding on it. Well, for me, when I go into like a penalty situation, everyone probably has their own kind of method of doing it, but it's shutting out everything and it's just you as if you were doing it in training. So right. do exactly the same routine as you would put the ball down, walk back to wherever you're doing, same run up, everything. Don't change your mind. And then if you're, obviously I've missed a few penalties for Leeds, but I've learned now that yeah, I know. <laughs> if you hit, if you kick it, hit it hard enough and don't change your mind, if a keeper saves it then, then fair enough. Like he's made a good save. But just make sure that you put everything through it, and then. How much does the um, the homework you've done? I know that I know that you said that most of it's instinct when you're in the game, but you do do a bit of, you know, a bit of research on the opposition goalie about which ways they tend to dive and stuff. How much does that come into play when you're taking a penalty? Not at all. I know that the keepers like Ilan will look at their penalty takers and see which way they prefer to go, so that he's right. got a rough idea before the game. But in terms of if I'm going into a game, I. Normally, whatever I'm practicing the day before, so the day before the game, I'll take penalties after training and whichever side that I feel like I'm more comfortable with then, that'll be the side I'm going no matter what. Right. Let's hope no one's spying on our training then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If they're spying on our training then, they've got a little advantage. <laughs> um, but Pat, in that moment, I know you say you, you just have to block everything out. 
that noise and that roar of the fans then. So are you saying that in that moment when you go up to take a penalty, can you silence that almost in your mind? For me, you hear the noise when you've got the ball in your arm and you go and put it down on the spot. As soon as, as soon as I start taking steps back and then I'm in the position to start my run up, then you kind of ignore everything else. Is that something that you learn over the years though? I know I'm really going in on this, but it's because I put myself in that position. I mean, I'd be shit anyway at taking penalties. But <laughs> like, I, I'm trying to picture mentally how I would deal with that. And is it because you play from a young age, is it kind of drilled into you that you understand the way in which you can get yourself into that headspace? Obviously, as a striker, the more you're, the way you look at it is, this is a chance for me to get another goal. So you're not thinking, oh, I'm worried about missing and stuff. All you're thinking about in your mind is add another one to your tally. So you're kind of looking at it in a positive way than a negative one. So it makes it slightly easier to kind of shut out the the noise or whatever pressures might be on on the actual penalty. I, I, I did a penalty shootout at halftime at Ellen Road. So I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Did you score? Uh, yeah, yeah, did I you scored, score, man? I, I did. I beat my brother 3-2 on penalties. Yeah. Well done. So, Rodrigo uh, who? Hey. Yeah, Copcat couldn't get anywhere near him. <laughs> um, but you know what? Um, jokes aside, that was great. And it, it ended up being a great game. And... You know, Pat, obviously things are a bit different for you at the minute with your injury, but we've spoken previously about Bielsa and after a game, particularly if you've lost, um, what you have to do in terms of sitting, working through it, looking through it all. Is his um, style of management, does it remain the same no matter what? Like this season, has it always been consistent? Yeah, 100%. And the way that they'll have reviewed that game would have been exactly the same way in which they reviewed the Southampton game. So every game's the same, no matter what, because even if we end up winning a game 3-0, there's always negatives or not so much negatives, but things that you can improve on and do better. And so it's always like, it's more about learning than kind of picking them apart and picking the faults. It's learning what we can do better for next time. Because I know he's always very philosophical about results, whether we win or we lose. Um, but, you know, throughout his tenure, we've had some games where we've been bloody unlucky. Does he have frustration about those games or is he just really philosophical? Like, well, that's football. Like, do you ever see a bit of humanity in him <laughs> ever? Um, it's never, in terms of when we do analyse the game, it's never like, it's just football. There's always a reason behind why something's right. happened and why something hasn't. And when there's been games where we might have lost or we've come off and we've drawn, but we should have won, after the game, he would just come in and say, you've done all you can, like, and kind of pat everyone on the back. Like nothing really gets analysed straight after the game. It's um, it's more in the week after and then it kind of breaks down what we didn't do, what we should have done. And does that help as, as a manager to have that? Because if it was me in that situation, and it has been a few times, you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm so annoyed. I'm, I'm, going, I'm just like, can't even talk to anyone. I'm miserable, I'm annoyed. Um, but obviously as a manager, you can't do that. So does it help you a lot? Because you guys are probably frustrated as hell when you know you've controlled the game. Is it nice to have kind of a, a calming element to come in and just say, hey, look, that's football. You did everything. Yeah, because I think if if you did come in and obviously the lads are frustrated and not, well, tempers would be high, but lads would just be sat down kind of disappointed and f almost furious of what's happened. If then a manager came in and started just laying into people and dishing it out, you'd probably see a lot more like clashes in the changing room. People would just say things that kind of in the heat of the moment that they don't actually mean and that wouldn't really like sit well with anyone. So I think the fact that he does keep things calm 
and he makes sure that everything is done in kind of the right way. It, it helps a lot. And it, it, for me, it just stops any kind of stupidness that can go on at some some changing room. And vice versa. Because I one of my favorite things is when we, we make, we, we win a, either an important game or we get a goal that we've deserved and we didn't know if it was coming or not. And you see his passion because he is so often so, you know, he keeps it, he keeps it in. And when he, when he can't and he's on the touchline and he suddenly explodes with, with happiness at a goal and a celebration, I just, I love seeing that so much. What about you guys? Like when, like when, when Rodrigo scored that penalty, how did you guys all go in the, in the stands? Were you all going? Yeah, nuts. <laughs> Obviously we, we don't hold back. It's, it's hard. I don't know. I don't know how he does it because if I was a manager and that happened, even if it was to draw 1 1, I think I'd do a Mourinho and be off down the touchline. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after like knowing we deserved it so much. And yeah, yeah. That wondering whether it would come. And Matt, obviously, you like to travel about watching <laughs> leads all over the place. Where are you going to be watching at the weekends? Finally, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back at. Our pub downtown here in Orlando. I've got to take Raf down there so he can take up his permanent spot in the Bielsa suite. So uh, yeah, I'll be watching the game down there. You know, I'm not flying anywhere for a while. I'm not flying uh, anywhere now for until I come back to the UK. I might. I think I'm coming back in about a month. <gasps> can we see you? Can we all meet up? Hopefully, I think I'm going to be mostly in. Lo- I'm only going to be there for a few days. I think I'm going to be in London. Um, but um, that's a no then. That's so yeah, not, no. For, not, for, <laughs> not for Pat. <laughs> Bex might have made his way down there by then. I don't know. He might, he might still be on the M1. I don't know. But if he's there, I might catch Bex. I don't know. <laughs> But you know when you know when you're over here for like a substantial amount of time, I think we should do like well, let's do a face to face if we can. Leeds United podcast with the four of us, maybe in the pub, maybe in a pub in Leeds where we all sit down and catch up. Yeah. Well, I was chatting to the LA guys about there's a um, you know a big um, supporters club in in LA um, that I was chatting to uh, over the weekend at the Coliseum, and um, they were saying you must come and do like a live one one day over here. Um, and so obviously Florida, we could do one easy enough. Um, they've got a brewery called the Yorkshire Square Brewery and Pub, and they watch their Leeds games there. And obviously there's lots of beer. And they said, it's a big space. You guys can come and do your podcast with uh, our brewery in uh, LA. So that's an open invite there. Thank you, guys. Well, let's hope that by the time the season's over and Pat's got some free time, we've got a budget for this podcast at some point, yeah, And we nice can get over there. And we're not all doing it for... Uh, voluntary reasons, eh? If we can get Boost to kind of up their sponsorship a little bit, we might have a chance. So there you go. Buy buy more Boost drinks, please. <laughs> send us to LA. <laughs> send, send us to LA campaign. <laughs> Everyone get out, buy your Boost drinks now. It's like a Just Giving campaign, isn't it? Get the LUSC pod to LA. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> right. Um, as you seamlessly brought us into it, Pat, it is time to pick our moment of the week with Boost drinks. Here are you three to pick from, guys. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Ralph's tweet us to say his moment of the week is surely going to be Joffy, just his existence, <laughs> which I think we can all agree with based on the weekend's performance. Um, John's been in touch to suggest Rodrigo. He says the man must be made of pure ice to put that penalty away. Again, very valid point, John. Finally, Steph's been in touch to say, not that I want to revel in it too much, but that camera shot on Sunday where they cut from Fergie looking like thunder to Kenny Dalgleish with a huge grin on his face was incredible. Lovely camera work. Again, we can't really disagree with that, can we, boys? Three very, very good Gosh. points with boost drinks. Who are we going for? I'm going for Joffy. You're going in at number one, Ralph. Yeah. Talking about Joffy. Matt, 
Go on, you look very uh, deep in thought there. Oh, that's a tough one, though, isn't it? That's a real tough one. That's really hard work, that. Yeah, they're all really good suggestions, so thank you. I, I have to just say that the last one, as good as it was, and it was, mm-hmm. I am just a little bit concerned that that 5-0 loss might cost the manager his job, which would be a terrible mm. shame. And um, I would very much like to, I think he needs to be given more time. So I don't think that we can possibly have that as our moment of the week. Probably just given to the end of the season. But um, I think that we're going to have to go with Joffy as well there. Completely agree. I think one of you has got a phone call there, haven't you? Yeah, that was me. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so, that's probably the producers going, stop yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Right, well, congratulations, Ralph. You have bagged yourself a crate of Boost drinks thanks to our sponsor, Boost. Now, remember, if you want to win your own stash of Boost drinks, send us in your moment of the week using the hashtag LUFCPods. And fingers crossed we'll get to LA. Right, it's that time again, boys. The segment where you can burrow deeply into the brain of one of the country's best footballers, see what really makes him tick, or challenge him (laughs) to solve the trickiest of philosophical problems. (laughs) Yep, it's time for... What's that, Pat? This one comes from Louise, who says, A man stands on one side of a river. His dog is on the other. The man calls his dog who immediately crosses the river without getting wet and without using a bridge or a boat. How did the dog do it? For those of you that can't see this, Pat sort of closed his eyes. He's taking it in. He's having a moment just to think about how the dog might cross the river. He's just going into his mind palace right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, was the riverbed dry? How does a river get dry? What's it called where river's no longer a river? But it used to be a river. I think it is still a river. I think for the point of this, that's. I think you're very clever. The way you think of things is very outside of the box. I like it, Pat. But I think the river is still a river. So okay, so the dog's got across from one side to its owner without a boat or a bridge. Yeah, let's imagine it is a real life river. There is water in the river. I'm always saying that because I can see the answer. The river's narrow and it's just jumped over it. I mean, it could be. I don't really know what to do in this situation because that's not the actual answer, but that's a very feasible answer. Um, Would you like a clue? Yeah, I'll take a clue. The dog did something that we might do if we went to New York at Christmas time. Oh, the river's frozen over. Yes! Uh, Similar to the riverbed being dry. Yeah, yeah. 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 What country are we in here? Because if we're in England, I'm thinking we're in England, rarely see a river freeze over. You do, you do. It does get cold sometimes. What temperature would it have to be? I don't know. Um, to fully freeze over. No, I'm asking Pat. What temperature would it have to be <laughs> to fully freeze over? Well, it, it depends over? how big the river is, doesn't it, and the, the amount of water. Right. And yeah, also, not even that. if a dog runs across a frozen river, its feet would actually still be a little bit wet if you felt them. I'm glad you said that, Pat, because actually when I originally saw this question and answer, I raised that point. So we're on a level yeah. there. I agree. They'd need drying if you were going to put them straight in your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should, we should have a new title for this game called Puck Holes in This Pat, <laughs> where you just tear apart everyone's yeah, sorry, question. Louise. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good question. Got me thinking. But not good enough. <laughs> but but thanks all the same Louise Um, right if you've got a question that you'd like Pat to poke holes at please do send them in using the hashtag LUFTpod it says here the trickier the better I agree I agree because then he's less likely to poke holes in it Um, right lads unless you've got anything else you'd like to contribute to this podcast that is it from us Just whoever puts in the next question better make sure it's flawless.
Oh, we're horrible when Beck's in here, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Thank you so much to everyone who has got in touch with the official Leeds United podcast. Do keep it coming in using the hashtag LUFC pod. We are going to be doing another uh, moment of the week with boost drinks next week. Remember, you can win yourself a crate of boost drinks if the boys pick your moments. Uh, also remember, of course, to get your brain teasers in for what's that Pat to really test his metal. And we will see you all next week. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. We are-